Hey everyone, welcome to the Deactivist Podcast. It's just me today and we're going to be talking about the Aussie spirit. Well, I actually think the Aussie spirit is a myth. Maybe it wasn't always, but it certainly seems like a myth these days. But before we get into that, let's just uh, go over a few little things that have happened in the last week. Uh, There's that new show about Donald Trump on Netflix, which looks a lot like House of Cards. But in my mind, if they want to make Donald Trump appear to be like this reprehensible character, why didn't they just continue using Kevin Spacey, right? He'd probably do a better job than this other bozo. But I don't know. I love Kevin Spacey. I wish I was younger. Uh, So yeah, there's that. There's also uh, an announcement we have. Uh, We're doing a live YouTube quiz show this week, but you have to look out for the email and make sure you're on our Facebook to see when that's going to happen. We're going to have an awesome quiz show about topical things in the news. They're going to be easy questions, but some of them will be quite uh, uh, difficult, not in the sense that they're highly intellectual, but you're like, really? That's true? So, for example, one of the questions might be, true or false, did Biden say recently that he was elected into office 180 years ago? True or false? And you're like, "Mm, that can't be true, but yet it is. It is true, yeah. I had a scare this week. Uh, Ron Paul was put into hospital. He seemed to be having a stroke on his live stream, which was terrifying to watch because Ron Paul is amazing. Do yourself a favor this week. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes page, but make sure you YouTube Ron Paul What If. He has a speech, and a lot of people have edited it in different ways, but there are some amazing ones. I'll try and find the best one to put in the show notes. Ron Paul, what if? His what if speech is amazing. If that doesn't open your eyes and inspire you, then nothing will. Now, speaking of inspiration, uh, I've got an email newsletter. I know how like sales and marketing does that sound? It's disgusting. But if you want to be in that email newsletter, make sure you go to anotherwaymovie.com and on the sidebar, you can sign up and I'll send you awesome spam, not like heaps of emails, like I'll actually send you the spam. You know, it's like not quite bacon, not quite ham. Yeah, I'll send you a packet of spam if you sign up to our email newsletter. And for the record, I'm not actually going to do that in case you like, you know, try and take me to court because I didn't send you spam. My goodness. Anyway, uh, in this email newsletter, I sent out a little piece that I wrote uh, late at night called The Aussie Spirit is a Myth. And that's what we're going to talk about today because some of the responses I got were let's say interesting and I'm going to read them out at the end but I will obviously omit their names because they wouldn't want that and I don't want to get in trouble. Now only 20 years ago Kathy Freeman lit the flame that ignited the Aussie spirit and projected it to the entire world. Australia was in the spotlight. The tough free-thinking larrikinism of Paul Hogan and Steve Irwin was ready for its second wave. The ring of fire around Freeman was a fierce representation of triumph and achievement beyond risk. It was actually quite inspiring to be Uh, At the 2000 Olympics, I wasn't in the stadium, obviously. I was just a kid watching it on TV. But you kind of had this sense of not nationalism, just like, I guess, pride. Yeah, you could say pride. Uh, This was a really cool moment for Australia. But then what happened? So halfway up its rigid mechanical climb, the Olympic cauldron stalled. And the world was given a glimpse into what would become of the Aussie spirit. Every face in the stadium Australia bore the expression of a hesitating child waiting to be told how to react. The question unuttered by millions of people around the world, is this all part of the show? 
I remember Kathy looking around thinking, I'm not sure this is, do I just stand here? What do I do? Because the actual cauldron, if you don't remember or if you weren't uh, watching, just got stuck. I wouldn't make it to center. up. But if you watch on YouTube now, they've like cut that all out and they've changed the music behind it. So it seems like it was a seamless experiment. Don't don't rewrite history. It's like when they uh, did the roasting. I think it was actually the roasting of Donald Trump. Wow, what a connection. I'm so good at these. Uh, when uh, that dude from Jersey Shore got up and he thought, man, I'm not going to hire a comedy writer. I think I'm funny myself. And he tried to roast Donald Trump and nobody laughed. And it's the most cringeworthy moment of TV history out of anything. It's the cringiest thing ever. Probably more cringy than this podcast. And YouTube added laughter. They added canned laughter. And it's just like, Oh, like, just don't rewrite history. Like, I actually like the cringe. I want to see the cringe. Anyway, let's move on. So the article goes on to say, are we witnessing the death of our spirit as dumbfounded audience members? Or will the gears kick in and take our hearts to a place where we can be proud Australians again? And then I go on to say that maybe the Aussie spirit died when we sent off our best and brightest, the Anzacs. When they died, we were left, you know, the the weird kids, the ones that couldn't fight, the geeky ones maybe, just, you know, where the, we're the uh, last descendants of the little boy who was picked last in the non-contact football game, right? We weren't fit to be soldiers. So we're not all Anzacs. Maybe we look back with pride, but that's not us. That's not us. Because in any case, even if you are, maybe your grandfather died in in the war and thank you for his service and you should be very proud. But the Aussie spirit certainly didn't live to see 2020 because where is it in Victoria? And where is it in New South Wales, really? I mean, I don't see anyone condemning what's going on there. Is the Aussie spirit found in the hearts of the first responders, in the police officers, as they unquestionably stomp on the heads of their victims, arrest journalists, chase dissenting voices on horseback, arrest pregnant ladies for Facebook posts, enforce mask mandates, and tear women out of their cars for improper mobile phone mount placements? Is that where we find the Aussie spirit? Perhaps it's found in protesters, but they seem to be a mere blip in the overly obedient population. I went to a protest in Sydney. Ooh, no, lock me up. And look, there there weren't the best and brightest people out there fighting for their freedom on a very, you know, uh, a grounded level. There were very much people on the fringes. Uh, people are way too content just taking their job keeper and their job seeker and just waiting it out. And that is... Oh, that's probably the most depressing place I've been all year. Although I did, I did find some people that were that were on the same wave, wavelength as me. I, my experience of that protest was that it's a guttural reaction to freedoms being taken away, and maybe they don't have the education behind them, but they know that wrong is wrong, and we all know that wrong is wrong. But we're we're happy to just sit back and uh, you know maybe by twenty twenty one it will be good. We've just 2020 is a write-off. Never mind the studies that come out and have said that for every three corona deaths in the UK, two extra deaths have happened because of the government lockdown. So for every three, 
two more deaths has happened. Never, never mind all of the uh, famine in the third world and all of these other deaths that are going to happen. Never mind the 500,000 people who are going to die of untreated cancer. Don't, don't worry about that. Just wait till 2021 and we'll ride it out. That's the spirit. Anyway, let's move on through this article. I'm trying to give you an insight into where my mind was because I am going to read out the emails that I had as a response and you can tell me if I'm out of line or perhaps I didn't communicate myself very effectively. The Aussie spirit must be dead for it could never have been locked up for 23 hours a day. The Aussie spirit wouldn't allow bureaucrats to force the closure of businesses, to force the mentally vulnerable into isolation, to force the country into recession or to force schools to close. The Aussie spirit has never valued safety more than living life. Paul Hogan was found dangling off the Harbour Bridge with a paintbrush in his hand and a joke in his heart. Steve Irwin made a living wrestling crocodiles with his bare hands. The image of the Aussie spirit of Steve Irwin, baby daughter, in his arms as he feeds a fully grown crocodile has been replaced with a frightened germaphobe lobbying the government government to make the world a safer safer place. And and, and he calls the police on his neighbours because his neighbour dared to take the bin out at 9.01pm. And for those of you who are wondering about those references, in Melbourne up until last night, literally, uh, you weren't allowed out after 9pm or before 5am, because the virus apparently uh, is much more uh, deadly in those uh, time periods. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Also, we're going to talk about the viral numbers. Actually, let's do it now so I don't forget. I'm doing a one-take here because uh, time is money, and uh, I don't have time and I don't have money. (laughs) The CDC has come out with some new stats uh, just over the past 24 hours. And they're very, very similar to the stats that we've been giving on this show very early. You can go back to our episodes. You can go on politicaldeactivist.com and look at all of our coronavirus, uh, coronavirus papers that we that we wrote up. And, uh, you know, you can cross-reference and say, actually, they were more on the money than most mainstream media. Now, CDC, in the current best estimate, which means taking all the data and saying this is what we think the infection fatality rate is, fatality rate, not fertility rate. If you get infected with corona, you don't become pregnant, uh, but you might be uh, hysterical but not pregnant. Uh, There's a correlation there. Okay, if you are 0 to 19 years old, I don't think anyone that young listens to this show, but if you do, you should add me on Fortnite. If you're 0 to 19 years old, the chance of you dying from coronavirus if you get it, so you've already got coronavirus and you're like, I might die. This is your chance of dying. 0.0003% chance. Man, uh, okay, maybe you're not in that age bracket. From 20 to 49 years, and now this is from the CDC. This is a reputable source. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean. 20 to 49 years old is 0.0002. Now, what about if you're 50 to 60 years, sorry, 50 to 69 years old? What are the chances of you dying if you have corona and you're 50 to 69 years old? 0.005. I'd still take those chances to hug my grandchildren, to be honest. Wouldn't you? 0.005. You don't even buy lottery tickets if you listen to the show. And if you do, buy me one. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, Jack. 
If you're 70 years old or over, your chance of dying from corona if you have corona is 0.054. Hey, we should lock everything down again. Hey, we should close our borders. Hey, we should stop kids from going to school. Hey, we should destroy your business. Hey, we should control your life. Hey, we should control who you see when you see them. This makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, guys? Oh, praise dictator Dan in your cold, mechanical heart. Let's go back to the Aussie spirit. And I, my intention is to fire up that Aussie spirit if you didn't notice, but uh, let's keep going. Steve Irwin died doing what he loved, calculating the risks involved. Will anyone say the same about you at your Zoom-hosted funeral? Will they all hold virtual hands and misquote Midnight Oil and say it was better for this Australian to die on his knees rather than living on his feet? She'll be right, have a crack has become she won't be right. Lock her up and don't have a crack, it's too dangerous. The pandemic is real and is a serious danger to the old and vulnerable. Well, you know, serious danger uh, as we looked at those stats. But look, it is a danger. Now, are nursing homes the place one goes to upskill and prepare for the next chapter in their life? Or are they, fi- are, are they the final place where we put our dementia-ridden grandparents to artificially extend their unconscious existence? Because let's be honest, if our grandparents were conscious of what we had become, that die quicker than a tourist tasting bats in Wuhan. <sighs> Australia is again in the spotlight. Eventually, the conveyor belt carrying the Olympic cauldron kicked into gear and ascended to the top of the stadium, showing the world Australia's glory. And I, I finished this article very sentimentally. I pray our spirit will be like that flame, temporarily hindered but ready and willing to get on with it. The whole point of me sending out this email and sending out this Facebook post was to fire up the Australian spirit in the reader, to annoy them, to say, no, it's not good enough for you to sit on your ass and wait till 2021. It's not good enough to be apathetic. That's not the Australian way. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all in this together. There are people in Melbourne really, really suffering. And we're just sitting back thinking, oh, yeah, you know. What do you do, mate? She'll be right. Mm, No. She won't be. Now, I got a lot of email responses from this, which is, Again, in my sales and marketing voice, that's like a good metric, yo. That's not a sales and marketing voice. That's like a, a surfy or something. Anyway, one of them asked, asked, one of them asked, what uh, do you suggest we do? What, what do we do to free us from this tyranny? Well, I, again, just don't wait to be told how to react don't just wait there staring at the cauldron thinking oh something will happen it's this kind of idea of diminished responsibility right if an old lady falls over in front of you you pick her up if an old lady falls in front of you and there's you know two guys standing there you still pick her up if there's three people standing there you all kind of pick her up if there's four there's a little bit of hesitation when she falls down because you think oh that guy might pick her up if there's five there's more hesitation if there's six there's even more 
as there are more people, there's more hesitation and eventually no one will pick her up because they all think, oh, someone else will do it. It's a law of diminishing responsibilities. So don't let that law apply to you. So if there's a protest, go to it. When police and the premier, uh, the premier, when police and the premier act how they've been acting in Melbourne, speak out, post to Facebook, share content, uh, content that will educate those in your circles. Write to your local council, write to your state member, write to your federal members. Don't be silent and don't say she'll be right because, again, she won't be right. What do we do? We have to get angry and we actually have to attend these protests. Uh, If you jump on YouTube or Facebook, you can see there are protests all over the world. And the tiniest ones are here. And arguably the worst stuff is happening in Melbourne. And they've got the smallest number of people at their protests. And yeah, they're a small city, 5 million people. But still, look at the ones in Madrid, look at the ones in London. They're, They're massive. Heaves of people. And uh, my question is, are you going to go to the next one? And if you're not, then uh, you can at least come to our quiz show on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash deactivist or forward slash you slash deactivist or however the YouTube URL works. Now, I got another email. Uh, It was very long, but I read every single word. Uh, It was angry, uh, to say the least. It was, some of it was okay some of it wasn't Uh, and it wasn't until the very end in the last paragraph where he said it's people like you that want to further divide this nation's people and i was like whoa 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 that wasn't my intention but before i could articulate in my head the apology the next sentence actually the next part of the sentence says uh you're casting aspersions on the hard-working premier of Victoria. Sure, he made mistakes, but his blunders pale into insignificance when compared to those committed by Morrison and his mob. Now, not once did I defend Scott Morrison. I think he's dope. Uh, and this email, suffice to say, was all about uh, how it's the Liberal Party's problem and if Labour had its way, we'd, uh, well, this is the undertones I'm getting. If Labour had its way, we'd all be fine. Now, a couple of things wrong with that, but let's just, uh, let's just reply to the obvious. Am I actually seeking to, to divide the nation's people? No. I'm seeking to divide the people of this nation from the government of this nation. Yes. Yes. Undoubtedly, yes. And I, I think this person who responded to me can agree with that. Uh, judging from the rest of his email anyway about how corrupt the government is and if only we had the right people in it it's like dude that's like saying oh how corrupt is the mafia if only we could like infiltrate it from the inside like it's so ridiculous the problem is the amount of power that they have if we just had principles if we had the principle that hey look you uh no matter what happens our government doesn't have the right to tell us to stay inside like even when the bombs were dropping in england the government never forced people to stay inside because it's too dangerous to go out in the street people still have to live okay they can suggest people to go into the street but like they never forced them into them they played that siren and you're like hey man remember uh 1960s version of the time machine that was a great movie anyway The point is we need to have solid principles and we need to say no, like they're a child, and don't compromise. 
so anyway, there are uh, a couple of things glaringly wrong with his uh, angry little email. It's quite funny. But uh, the main thing that probably stood out to you was that uh, I was attacking the hard-working Premier of Victoria. Sure, he made mistakes, but his blunders pale in insignificance when compared to those committed by Morrison. Okay, what are the mistakes he made? Uh, and he's saying he acted in full integrity as well, by the way. Well, look, he lied about being offered the ADF. Okay, so we had that whole debacle where there was private security in hotel quarantine and they ended up like banging heaps of the people in quarantine and just blundering the whole thing, uh, which is hilarious but also so stupid. And then Daniel Andrews said in his little Zoom meeting, oh, no, uh, Scott Morrison uh, never... Uh, never offered the ADF yet two weeks earlier he said literally you can look it up he was like I really thank Scott Morrison for offering the ADF but we'll also be utilizing private security okay so lie take some responsibility dude Uh, number two uh, very obvious is that he continues to lie so Jenny McCarthcos is uh, gone she has retired over I think it was over a text message or email which is hilarious Uh, but she tweeted this out I'm saddened to see more lives lost my sympathy for their families but I'm so pleased to see how the low how low the numbers are I'm so proud of Victorians and so grateful for the sacrifices made to get us to this point now let me pause before the punchline it's not a sacrifice if you're forced into it If that were true, we wouldn't need the scene in the New Testament of Jesus in Gethsemane, right? Because he says, if there's any other way, let's do that. If not, I'll do it. Like, your will, right? That's the the pinnacle, uh, the pointy end of what it means to sacrifice. You know, putting someone else before, someone else's will before your own. Some other ideal before your own. Okay. When someone forces you to do it, it's not the same. It's like saying, um, I sacrificed my lunchtime to study. It's like, Randall, mate, you're in detention. You would have been playing handball. That's not a sacrifice. You were forced to do it. So, no, Jenny McCarkot, just no, it's not a sacrifice. So anyone who says that, just roll your eyes uh, and lobby Facebook to have a roll eye emoji because we really need it. Now... This is how she ended her tweet. We are well on the way to eradication. Now, the government in uh, Melbourne have said it's not an eradication uh, strategy. And then uh, Dictator Dan responded saying, oh, no, 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 it's not eradication. But look, moron, when uh, in order for your government emergency powers to be rolled back, you need 28 days with no cases. That is eradication. That's not suppression. That's eradication. And as I said, probably in the very first podcast episode, if one person comes in with the virus, you start again. There's another wave and another wave and another wave. You can't eradicate the virus. You don't live in a bubble. I'm sorry. That's just not how it works. What you need to do is have the young, fit and healthy. Now that we have all the information we need about Corona, young, fit and healthy people need to get the virus and have herd immunity, and then our our hospital systems won't be overwhelmed. That's what you need to do. It's not rocket science. And if you're like, oh, herd immunity, that's a dirty word. What do you think 
uh, people have vaccines for numb nuts. Uh, my goodness, like, well, I'm glad I got that out there. But if you're listening and you sent that email, thank you for your email. Uh, I didn't name you. Uh, I don't want to shame you. But I, I don't think I'm dividing people. Uh, unless I'm dividing them from the government's power, that's great. And I take great pride in that. So that's all we have for today. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure that you jump on our YouTube page, just uh, YouTube Deactivist or Deactivist Another Way or Deactivist Libertarian or something. It'll all pop up. Either way, the link is in the show notes. And make sure you join us for our quiz. It'll be fun. We went live a few weeks ago and it was a fun time. We talked about the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and we talked about a whole bunch of things that were in the news and it was largely dictated by the comments that were coming in. So we want to do that again. And uh, we thank you for supporting the show by listening and sending it to your friends if you liked it and sending it to your enemies if you didn't. Now, if you think the Aussie spirit is still alive, probably the best thing to do is share this podcast to someone. That's the spirit. See you next time.